Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Good morning, CWC Bay Area family. That's what I love to hear. God bless you this morning. I'm excited this morning. My beautiful bride is back from Colorado. I missed you this week. Uh, She had the opportunity to go see her mom, and our prayers continue to be with her mom out in Colorado, who right now she's on a ventilator, but her her numbers are stable, and we're just believing God to bring her out, as well as everyone else that is fighting COVID today. We want you to know that you're in our prayers, and we're standing with you in this moment as well. Amen? Uh, Just come come on. Let's just believe God to continue to, to do a move this morning. And, uh, you know, church, I just want to take time to also thank, I want to thank the Ramos uh, family, Diana, and, and um, I knew him is for, for years as uh, Buzzy, but we, his name's Albert, uh, but Albert and Diane, who's been faithfully, uh, man, I haven't seen them in over a year, and yet they continue every week to not only watch services, but continue to send your tithe and offerings in every week to the church. And I just want you to know, uh, Ramos family, how much we love you, how much we appreciate you guys. Uh, It doesn't, it's noticed. And for everyone that has been supporting during the season, I just want to say thank you. I, I, I don't, you don't know how much we appreciate that we had individuals that moved out of the area that were continuing to give even as they moved and then some of them are beginning to find other churches to get plugged into and then rightfully so their tithe and offerings are going to wherever they're, minister, they're, they're worshiping at. So I want to say thank you for your faithfulness today that you will continue to give to God and continue to be faithful to God in that manner. Amen. Give yourselves a round of applause. Stand to your feet. Let's get into the word. How many of you know that love is measurable? You know, if, for how many married people in the house, say amen. amen. I don't, I'm not going to, I was going to ask how many didn't, don't want to be married, don't, I'm not going to ask, ask that question. But many times when we talk about love, love is one of those intangible things many times that it's hard to put a finger on exactly how to express what love looks like. I know we have books out on love, honor, and respect. We got books on the five love languages and everyone is trying to identify what love is. And love has been watered down so greatly over the years. Well, I love that car, I love this team, I love that shirt. That love has been watered down to a point that we've had couples that have stood on a platform before God and family and friends put rings on each other's fingers, say I do, but they don't. They say, I love you till death do us part or until you no longer meet my needs. And we're finding that that word love no longer really means what we think it means. But CWC Bay Area, we stand for loving God, loving people and changing the world. And so for the next four weeks, we're going to talk about love God. What does love God look like? What is, and out of the, the Word of God says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. You see, God would never command us to do something that we were unable to do. Say it again, Pastor. God would never command us to love Him if love was not a choice. Love is a choice. We don't fall out of love. We just choose to stop loving. Say it again, Pastor, because the reality is this. Love is a choice. You make a decision to love someone. Love's not a feeling. 
Love is a commitment that sometimes produces a feeling. So as you take your Bibles with me this morning, I want you just very quickly to turn to John chapter 14. And I want you to know this morning that love is measurable. Love is measurable. We can measure love. Well, no, you can't, Pastor, because love is, you can't really put your finger on it. No, but you can put your heart on it. Love is expressed. You see, we all love the feeling of being in love. But many of us have a hard time learning how to love. John chapter, as I mentioned, John chapter 14, verse 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus is asking a question. If you love me, keep my commandments. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to notice something that when we talk about love, that only those that love you can disappoint you. Pause for dramatic effect right there. (laughs) Only those that love you can disappoint you. Because if I don't expect anything from you, you can't let me down. But it's only those where we're hurt by those that let us down because you expect that individual to love you and they didn't, they didn't measure up. They didn't do what you expected them to. Only those that love you can disappoint you. And so love has become so misunderstood in our society that many have abused it. And so when we talk about love, love seems to be something so abstract. It's something I feel. It's something that makes my palms sweaty. It's something that makes my heart beat. When I would call Ange when she was in Bible college and we would talk on the phone, whenever we would talk, there was something that happened inside of me. I can't explain it. Before I call, I'd get butterflies. While I was talking, I'd get nervous. And when I hung up, i think about, man, things I should have said. Because there's something about love that gets a hold of you. Something about love that drives you. You put your head to rest at night and you think about that person. You're, you're, you're overwhelmed by it. But God says that our love for him can be measured in four areas. And we're going to preach on these four areas in the next few weeks. First of all, you can measure your love for God by your follow. Everyone say follow. How we follow Jesus determines how we love Jesus. You can also, uh, by your selfless service, how we serve others, how we serve God. And by living, by giving, that Jesus gave. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. And so we express our love by being like our Heavenly Father through giving. And then lastly, we're going to talk about loving like Jesus. But today, I want to talk to you today about follow. I want to talk to you about being a follower of Jesus. At CWC Bay Area, it's important that we display our love for God by our follow. Everyone shout follow. Follow. Jesus said, and I, I read the scripture, John 14, 15, if you love me, keep or obey my commandments. I love what the, the Passion Version says. The Passion Version puts it this way. Loving me empowers you to obey my commandments. That, that when I love God, it gives me the ability, the, uh, the power to accomplish what God asked me to do. The problem is this. I don't doubt that you love God. My, what I doubt is that sometimes we love other things more. It's that not that you don't love God. It's just that God's not maybe not in their top five. 
He might not even be in your top three. But unless he's number one, then your love for God really isn't a love. Because we put so many things. When I put God first, he lets me know how to love my wife. When I put God first, then I know how to minister to my kids. When I put God first, I know how to minister to you. So when we need to understand, you got to get God number one as your love, that your heart and soul and mind, body and strength is all committed to him. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. This is where I want to jump from this morning. Luke 9, 23 all these people are coming to Jesus and said, man, I want to follow you. I want to do this. I want to do that. Jesus comes up with this and he tells them this in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Then he said to them all, if anyone, someone shout anyone. anyone. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Everyone say deny. deny. Himself. Take up his cross daily. Shout daily. daily. And follow me. Everyone say follow. So I want you to see something. Jesus didn't measure success based on the crowds. He measured his success based on the follow. Let me say that again. He didn't measure his success based on how many Facebook followers he had, how many Instagram followers he had, how many were on his Snapchat, how many Twitter followers that he had. Jesus based his success not on the crowds, but on the follow. On the people that were committed to obeying his commandments. And so Jesus reveals to his disciples, uh, he tells them, he reveals who he is to his disciples. Then he tells them, you got to respond. And he gives an invitation here. I want you to check this out. Jesus qualifies those he invites. Jesus qualifies those he invites. Let's take a look. I want to break Luke chapter 9, verse 23 down. We're going to break this down verse, uh, word by word in essence. He said, then he said to them, if, anyone. he said to them, if, anyone. if, anyone. anyone means everyone. Amen. Okay, let me try this side. <laughs> anyone means everyone. Everyone means this. It doesn't matter what your past is. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. Doesn't matter what your tax return says. It doesn't matter your education. Doesn't matter your age. Doesn't matter your background. All he says that if anyone, anyone means everyone, which means every person we come in contact with is a potential follower of Jesus Christ. Every individual that we meet is a potential child of God. Listen to me this morning. He says, anyone, Jesus qualifies those that can follow him. And he says this, your past doesn't matter. And Jesus called when he went and called the disciples. He called, he called gangbangers. That's what zealots were in those days. They, they were the troublemakers of their time. They were the gangsters of their time. He called tax collectors. He called businessmen, fishermen. He called the businessman. He called the hood rat. He went through all avenues of life, and he invited everyone to be part of what he was doing. You see, I want you to understand that when Jesus calls them, he says this, if anyone, what? Let's go back to that scripture again. He says, if anyone, what? If anyone what? Desires. Desires. Everything starts with desire. You see, the reality right now is, is that you have everything you want right now. Come on. Come on. Now, we not wish, but you have what you desire right now. Because we all wish we were healthier. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I, I want to be in shape. 
But that ice cream in the refrigerator, in the freezer just keeps calling me. And whenever I eat a healthy meal, I think, well, man, I ate healthy, so, you know, can't let that ice cream sit in the freezer. It's going to get freezer burned, and then it's going to be no good. And so I wish I was in better shape. But I don't desire to be in better shape. I wish I had better relationships, but I don't desire to have a better relationship. I wish I was out of debt, but I don't desire to get out of debt. I wish I was closer to God, but I don't desire to be closer to God. You see, a wish is not based on action. Desire is based on not only wanting something, but going through the motions to make sure I make that happen as well. I, I don't know if you're catching this this morning. That word desire means to wish, to have a desire of, to pursue, or to be, willing, uh, to, to be willing for something. I love this. It says there's two ideas when we talk about desire. It's to have a desire and then to make a choice. True desire, when you desire something and then make a choice to go after it, it's a premeditation. You have made a premeditation in your mind. This is what I want, and now I'm going to go after it. Everything starts with desire. Everything starts with desire. And I'm telling you right now, Jesus is inviting you. But desire determines what we pursue. You see, some of us are pursuing money more than we're pursuing God. We're pursuing fame more than pursuing God. We're pursuing my items, material things more than we're pursuing God. What place does God place in your life? If he's not one, then he doesn't even count. You see... CWC has to be a place of people actively desiring and pursuing God. And if you call CWC Bay Area your home, then we have to be a place, you have to be a person that desires God. Amen. That desires his presence. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Secondly, he goes on and says, he said to them, if anyone desires to come after me, let him Yeah, I'm going there. <laughs> deny himself. You see, now denying yourself isn't normal. It's not normal in this society. It's just not normal in general to humanity. Denying ourselves because we live in it. We, we look at we're watching a game or we're looking at TV and every commercial is about something you want or they try to tell you that you want. And so they speak to your desires and they say, man, if you want it, go get it. If you want to drive it, then buy it. If you want to eat it, then go get it. You, you don't even have to leave your house. You just put in a number and they'll show up at your door and drop food off. You see, whatever you desire, we are in a time and a season right now where you can have anything at any time from anywhere without doing a thing that you can have all your heart's desires. Denying yourself is not normal. We live in a me-first society. But, but that word deny, check this out, literally means to refuse or to turn away or to disown. But when we talk about denying, he's not saying to deny your family, your spouse, your children, or your community. Who's he say we have to deny? The hardest person to lead, I've just started our leadership class on Tuesday nights. And if you desire to be a leader, I encourage you to get into that class. Amen. 
But the hardest person to lead isn't others, it's yourself. Saying no to me is the hardest no I have to give. I could say no to other people, but it's hard to tell myself no, even when I know what I'm doing is destroying me. I don't know if you're hearing me this morning. What Jesus is saying, I want you to disown yourself. Because if you can disown yourself, if you can deny yourself, then I have the ability to come in and I have the ability to cover you. I have the ability to make you mine. If you deny yourself, then you belong at that moment to me. You see, many of us followers understand this, that the investment might be big, but it's worth it. Following Christ may cost you something. I said it earlier, salvation is free, but to follow Jesus will cost you everything. We we are preaching a cheap gospel in America today. Just say this prayer and you'll make it to heaven. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus demanded from the early followers that it's going to take you everything to be a follower of Christ. It's not going to be easy, but it will be worth it. Come on, somebody say amen. Many of us want to say we're followers of Christ, but we refuse to deny ourselves. We don't want to say no to ourselves. See, in order to say yes to Jesus, we have to say no to other plans in life. But listen, many of us are right now saying this. Listen, I'll follow Jesus, but don't ask me to forgive. I'll follow Jesus, but but don't ask me to give. I'll follow Jesus, but don't ask me to serve. I'm busy enough. If I'll follow Jesus, but don't ask me to change. This is who I am. This is how I am. I'm never, if you want me to follow Jesus, I'll follow Jesus, but don't ask me to stop. Following Jesus will cost you something. We say we follow Jesus, but we obey society's views instead. Oh, come on, someone. Even at home right now, I'm preaching. To be a follower of Christ is going to cost you something. And at times, it could cost you everything. But when you lose everything for God, God gives everything to you. I want to stir your heart this morning because some of you, I know you love God. I know you have this place in your heart that you want. You want your marriage to be centered around God. You want your kids to be centered around God. You want God to be the focal point of your life. But it's been so hard. But listen, you can't keep one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom and but think that you're going to be powerful or effective in either one. You got to make a decision on what side you're going to step into because being a follower of Christ, you can't be 99.9% in. It's all or nothing. Jesus said to them, if anyone, which means everyone, desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up. Everyone say take up. Taking up is a daily action. I need you to understand what Jesus is telling them. Take up your cross and follow me. Do you realize that the cross represented death? Humility or humiliation. See, the Romans didn't just use the cross to kill people. They used it to humiliate people. 
They would line a city's road as you were going into a city with crosses of people that had come against Rome. And this, this, this torture was in a point that it would bring them just to the verge of death, but wouldn't allow them to die. It was a slow, painful death that literally birds would come and begin to eat the eyes of people that were on the crosses, that were, that were ripped apart. They were opened up to the, the elements and they were crucified naked. And what Rome was saying, if you come against Rome, what happened? happen to this person will happen to you. And Jesus tells his followers, man, if you want followers, that's not the way to get followers. Come on, church. If Jesus was in this day and age, I wonder how many followers he would have on social media or how many people would think he was a quack. Because he says, if you want to be my follower, take up your cross, take up the instrument of death. Take the cross, the symbol of death, the symbol of punishment. Take it up daily. That word take it up means a daily action. Every day I have to deny myself. Every day I have to remind myself I'm a follower of Jesus. Every day I have to make a commitment to give my life to God. It's not a one and done moment. It's in every moment, every day, every second. I got to make a choice to be a committed follower of Jesus Christ. It's a conscious decision. You see, I want you to notice something about the early followers of Jesus. In fact, do, do me a favor. For those of you that have your Bible, someone look up Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Someone raise your hand that you're going to look up Romans 1, 1. Anyone? Uh, Sepha. Okay, someone else look up Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. Anyone else? Okay, Jessica. Uh, James 1, 1. Someone else? You got James 1, 1? Okay. 2 Peter 1, 1. Someone else? Okay, you got that? And then Jude 1.1. You have to be saved to know where Jude is, okay? So, <laughs> Jude 1.1. Now, let's start with Romans 1.1. I want you just to shout it. Uh, stand up and shout, read, the, read Roman, uh, Romans 1.1. Romans 1.1. This letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ. Stop right there. This letter is from Paul, a slave. slave. Okay, Philippians 1.1. Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Jesus Christ. Go to uh, James 1.1. 1, 1. James, a servant of God. Let's go to Jude 1.1. 1, 1. I'm sorry, 2 Peter. 2 Peter 1.1. 1, 1. Servant of Jesus Christ. Peter, a servant of Jesus Christ. And now Jude 1.1. 1, 1. The servant of now what what are, what are we finding? What's the pattern that we're seeing in every one of these? They're what? If you look back at the Greek, it's not just a servant or a slave. It's what's called a bond servant. And a bond servant was an individual in the Old Testament. You became a slave when you had a debt you could not pay back. You would commit yourself to serving the family that you owed money to. And when the debt was paid, you were set free. But every so often, there would be a slave that said, Man, I love serving in your house. I love being in your house. I love being near you. I love being serving your family and so when they would set you free you would say no I'm not going anywhere I'm going to serve in this house until I die I want to be part of this family I want to be part of this community and I don't want to leave they would take him to the doorpost and put a take, take an awl and knock it through the wall 
Paul put an earring in his ear. And wherever they went, that earring symbolized that you were a bondservant. You didn't have to serve. You chose to serve because you were touched, loved, and impacted by the individual that you were serving. Oh, come on, somebody say amen. A bondservant chose to serve not out of obligation, but out of love. You don't have to serve God. There's consequences if you don't, but you don't have to. Something great about this. I belong to my master. I made a choice years ago. 1983 to be a servant of Jesus Christ. I could have done went different ways in my life, but I made a decision to be marked for life. I made a decision to have a mark upon my body, a mark upon my life that showed I made a commitment to Christ. And this is why Jesus, and I, I love this, throughout the Old Testament or the New Testament, he's referred to as Kurios, which is Lord. You know what's a trip is this? As you look back in the book of Genesis, when Satan starts having the conversation with Eve at the tree, he says, did Elohim or did... Did Elohim really say, Elohim, the word for God, is creator God? Everyone say Elohim. Elohim, creator, okay? Every time Satan had the conversation with Eve, he said this. Did Elohim really say, the creator really say? And she would respond with, Adonai said this. Adonai is Lord, master. Ruler. Satan would always change God's name from Adonai back to Elohim. Satan had no problem acknowledging God created everything, but he refused to submit to the mastership and the lordship of who God is. And that's why Satan will say, you know, Elohim said this. No, no, Adonai said this. Elohim said this. Whenever she would respond with Adonai, Satan refused to acknowledge God as Adonai. When you and I refuse to acknowledge God as Adonai, the Bible says one day every knee shall bow and every tongue will come. Confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You will bow today or you will someday bow before the throne of God. But baby, you will bow. We will all bow. I don't care whether you're rich or poor, whether you're famous or infamous. It does not matter. You will find Madonna kneeling before God. You will find Patrick Mahomes kneeling before God. You will find even the Satanist bowing before God. Everyone will bow someday. Come on, somebody give God a shout of praise. I make a choice to bow today. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, not a follower of CWC. I follow Jesus. I follow Christ. My friends, someday you're going to bow. My question to you this morning is that are you willing to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Not not your interpretation of following Jesus. What Jesus said in his word. See, something strange happens when I become a slave of God. He turns me into a son. I don't know how that works. When I make a decision to become God's servant, God's bondservant. 
He says, listen, you're, you're not a slave in my house. You become a son. You're going to become an heir to my throne. Everything I have is going to become yours. Everything I am is yours. You're, you're going to take on my name. You're going to take on my identity. You're going to take on my authority. You're going to take on my blessing. And so when you make a choice to become a slave of God, God turns you into a son. Jesus invites you today to deny yourself. What do I mean by that, man? It's a trip because growing up, my dad, I never asked my dad, hey, dad, are we going to church today? <laughs> that, was, that was never a conversation in our house. I, never, I, I didn't lay in bed and then, you know, it's time to go and I'm, ah, oh, we're, we're going? I thought we were staying home today. Sunday morning, we're at church. I, I was a senior in high school and I was still getting up to go to church even though I didn't want to. But as long as I lived in that house, I abide under the rule, those rules. My, my dad made, a, made our house, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And we need to start getting back to the commitment that we know that this house serves the Lord. That we've made a commitment to be followers of Jesus. That we made a decision to follow after Christ today. I want you to know today that our confession makes us Christians, but it's our taking up that makes us disciples. I don't want to just be known as a believer in Jesus. I want to be known as a follower of Christ. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet with me this morning. This morning as you either were walking in or as you're leaving, we have these IMCWC Bay Area wristbands. On the outside it says IMCWC Bay Area. On the inside, in a light embossing, it says love God. Love people. Change the world. But I only want you to take one. You don't have to pay for them. We're giving them out. But I only want you to take one if you commit to being a follower of Jesus. So I don't want you at the club and this showing up there. a restaurant you got this on you make sure you're a good tipper you got one of these on you make sure that you're loving people that are around you wear one of these you better make sure that you're reflecting the God that you are a servant to this is who we represent I don't represent myself what keeps me on the straight and narrow it's not just God it's you. I don't want to let you down. I don't want to be that man that's standing there and having to tell the church, I, I blew it, I, I cheated on my wife, I, I, I stole from the church, or I embezzled money, or I did this or that. I don't want to have to stand, I, because every time I think about blowing it, I see your faces. I don't want to let you down. 
Even more than that, I don't want to let him down. I know every one of us thinks, man, I'm serving God. I'm a servant of God. We, we, we believe that. But I ask you, just bow your heads. Between you and God and the Holy Spirit right now, I ask God to search your heart in this moment. Father, search me. Try me and know my mind. See if there be any wicked way in me. Then draw me to the way of the everlasting. Lord, search me. Search me, Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to follow you. It's my wish. But help me today to turn it into my desire. Let me make a predetermined decision today to follow you. And Lord, whatever areas of my life that don't match up to the follow, God, I just say yes and then you'll work it out. But I make a decision today to follow you, Jesus. I make a decision, God, not just to be part of a church, but to be part of your family. You're here right now and you just search your heart and you realize that your confession doesn't match your walk. Now you want to, it's just not there yet. No condemnation. This message isn't to put you down. This message is to inspire you to move forward. You're better than that. That's you right now, and you know that your follow has to get better. Lift your hand right where you're at right now. Yes, yes, yes. See those hands. I see those hands. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Father, you've seen every hand that's been lifted in this place, even at home as well. Lord, I thank you, God, that you don't condemn us, but that your Holy Spirit convicts us to draw us closer to you. So Holy Spirit, in this moment, right now, in this private moment, I pray, God, that you would speak to every heart whose hands went up. Lord, let us deny ourselves, take up our cross, and let's put our follow to the test. We want to follow you, Jesus. Come on, say this with me, Heavenly Father. I make a choice today to follow Jesus. Forgive me for my follow in the past. Forgive me for my interpretation that it hasn't always matched up to your word. But I thank you for your grace that forgives us, restores us, and gives us a second chance. Lord, I don't want to leave your house. Like a bond servant, I make a choice to stay. I want to be marked for life. Thank you, Jesus for dying on the cross, raise it again on the third day because you love me, taking my sin away. I make a choice today to be a follower of Jesus. Today, I am CWC. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise. We can do better than that. Yeah, yeah. For those of you at home, God bless you. We love you. I believe we're about to enter into probably the, the strongest season that we've ever entered into. After the storm comes always a great time of restoration. And I believe we're on the verge of that. We're praying for you. We love you. But until then, love God, love people, and let's change this world. Amen. God bless you this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. 
For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.